Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Coming up. Especially, I think, if people didn't have the trait recognised by a caregiver or parent when they were younger, you know, they can often struggle with self-love and low self-esteem or feelings of not being good enough. And, you know, because HSPs are natural givers, they can often struggle to implement boundaries as well. So they often end up sort of attracting one-sided friendships or they're easily sort of put upon or manipulated. That can be quite a big one for people as well. I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world-leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness, and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing, and serving millions of people in person, on TV, and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. Are you a highly sensitive person? Maybe straight away the answer is yes. Maybe you're aware of highly sensitive people as a trait, or maybe you just got that gut feeling that you are a highly sensitive person. Well, first of all, I can tell you I'm a highly sensitive person. And secondly, I'm excited because we have Mel Collins, who is a leading expert in highly sensitive people. We do share the same surname. We aren't related. But the other thing we do share is that we are both highly sensitive people. So Mel has her personal experience of being a HSP, but also she has worked as a therapeutic counsellor and a spiritual healer for many, many years, helping people to really understand about HSPs, to understand it being a gift, not a flaw. She has worked in so many caring sectors. She worked in the prison service. She's worked in senior management. But her real passion is to share about highly sensitive people. Now, if you want to know more about it, this podcast is going to really take you through step by step the traits that one in five of us have. So really allowing you to understand what exactly is a highly sensitive person and how do I find out if I am one? And even if you're not one, I feel that if you listen to this, it will really resonate with you because I'm pretty sure there will be at least one person in your life who is a highly sensitive person. It'll really allow you to understand a little bit better about why they are who they are. Now, straight away, when we think about a sensitive person, we may think about someone that cries all the time or takes everything to heart. And actually that isn't the way it is because a lot of highly sensitive people are really great at managing their emotions, having coping strategies. I know for me, my highly sensitivity comes in lots and lots of forms, but I'm also very, very strong and highly sensitive people can be very strong in mind and in body too, but they also can find that they're very intuitive. They're very connected to the spiritual, but I won't go on about this too 
too much because I really want Mel to tell you a little bit more about it. And interestingly, I was questioning back a good few months ago, before I asked Mel onto this podcast, whether I should even do a podcast on highly sensitive people. I was wondering whether you guys only want this podcast to be about face yoga, to be about facial exercise or skincare techniques. Now, I know that a lot of my podcast is about that, but then I realised what this podcast is really about is me sharing everything I know and everything I have learned about. And I'm one of those people, when I know something or when I've learned about something, I want to share it with as many people as possible. And that is really what this podcast is about. It's anything that I know I share with you, but anything I've recently learned about, I bring the leading expert on to the show to talk to you guys about it. I never want to keep any information to myself because face yoga is holistic. The word yoga means union, and it really is that union between mind, body, soul, and face. So understanding about how our mind works and how our body works is such an important part of face yoga. And when we're authentic to ourselves, when we're in tune with ourselves, when we know ourselves better, our face is going to look better. So it's all so connected. So I just wanted to explain that a little bit before I got into the podcast. But I also want to hear from you guys. Do you you like podcasts that aren't always about face yoga directly, but are related to face yoga and wellness. So always let me know, send me messages. I love hearing from you guys. And before we dive into this week's episode, I just wanted to remind you about our distance learning teacher training course that you can do with myself or one of our super trainers. So this is wonderful because during this global pandemic, it means you can work from home, you can study from home, you can help other people from home. So if you'd like more information on that, you can go to faceyogaexpert.com slash teacher training. So let's get right into this super exciting podcast all about highly sensitive people. Hi, Mel. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you today? Oh, hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm good, actually. Yes. Apart from a little bit nasally, which we've already discussed. But um, yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you. I'm actually going to send you after this um, one of my latest YouTube videos for Face Yoga for the Sinuses. I just oh, suddenly thought fabulous. that as you were chatting about your sinuses. There's a few nice massages for that area. Oh, so I'll send wonderful. that to you afterwards. Oh, that's fabulous. I've been trying a couple of your face videos, one for the jowls and things, as you know. So um, right. yeah. Bless you. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Well, I'm so excited for you to be on and I have so many questions I want to ask you. I have your lovely book, The Handbook for Highly Sensitive People in front of me as well. So that's inspiring all the questions I want to ask you today. And what I really want to start off with is just for anybody that doesn't know, if you could just explain a little bit about what a highly sensitive person is or who a highly sensitive person is? Yeah. Okay. So one in five people are born with the innate temperament trait of high sensitivity. So that's 1.4 billion people in this wow. world on average. But yet it's hardly known about or recognised in many ways. I mean, the main indicators of the trait are that we process our emotions much more deeply than other people tend to do. We can also react uh, more positively or negatively to um, certain events in our life. Uh, so there's an emotional intensity there. 
we also um, get affected by environmental and sensory stimuli. So things like crowds uh, of people, um, if there's too much noise, you know, for a lot of us highly sensitive people, and <clears throat> you probably saw my Instagram post last week, you know, full moons tend to affect us yeah. quite, quite majorly. So, yeah, so there's the environmental and the sensory stimuli. And then because of the sensory processing that happens within our systems and uh, the nervous system and brains of highly sensitive people, then we just tend to pick up more on everything. You know, we pick up on subtleties that other people don't. We, we tend to be highly empathic, deeply reflective. But what can happen to us with these environmental and, and sensory stimulus is that if there's too much of it, you know, if there's too much going on at one time, what can often happen is our sensory nervous system can go into a state of what we call over arousal, which then if that goes on for a long time, we can end up feeling overwhelmed. So often you'll find that we get to a point uh, in life where if there's just, you know, if, well, people are in overwhelm at the moment because of the pandemic. But if we went back pre-COVID, you know, if somebody's uh, working in quite a frontline role, which a lot of HSPs, highly sensitive people do, and they're, you know, constantly busy. And let's say they're a nurse, for example, and they're working in a hospital and they're not getting their um, breaks and they're not having a lunch break. And then they go straight from that home after a long shift. And then they've got to start again and being a parent. You know, if all of this continues for a long time, then, you know, they can end up becoming just completely sort of overwhelmed. So you have to really sort of learn how to look after yourself as a highly sensitive people because we are just much more we have a real depth of this sensory environmental and information process and that happens within our biological nervous systems and brains and that's been proven now and I think that's important to say because a lot of people will question it you know especially how can I say that people that don't think that this trait exists it is a known recognized trait and, you know, um, Dr. Elaine Aaron, who is a U.S. psychologist, was the pioneer of this in some ways. More recently in this century, previously, it was Carl Jung, the Swiss uh, psychoanalyst and psychotherapist. So they have been doing MRI scans. It does show that we have um, more activation in regions of our brain, like for empathy and awareness. So it is scientifically based as well. Although I don't go too much into the scientific side of my book because um, I'm not a scientific person, but it is in, in there and there's links to there if people want to know more about that side of it. I just find it so fascinating. And as I've told you before, I definitely identify with this and without a doubt, I am a highly sensitive person. And as I have been looking through your book, I've been reading your Instagram posts, I've listened to other podcasts you've been on. One of the things I've really realised personally is something that I went through when I was 21. So I got very bad ME where I was housebound, where I was bedridden, which I know often highly sensitive people can burn out in that way. Now, yeah. because I went through that experience, that brought me into not only the wellness career I'm, I'm now in, but also a huge change in lifestyle and also managing my emotions, managing my health, having lots of tools and techniques for life to use. And the more I read everything that you so beautifully write about, I realise that, yes, I'm a highly sensitive person, but because I understand it so deeply and I didn't actually know it was 
had this name or it was an actual recognised trait until probably the last year or so. But when I became aware all those years ago of who I am and what I need in order to stay healthy, I guess I'm able to look at this side of me as more of a gift rather than a flaw, but also to understand that perhaps I am a little bit different from other people. And maybe for those first 21 years, I lived the way the majority of people do. That burnt me out. But then as soon as I realised maybe I am different and I've now need to do these tools and techniques and right up to this very day, you know, not a day will go by where I won't do some level of yoga or meditation. I have to have time to myself. You know, you talk about being a, a frontline worker. I mean, what I always planned to do when I when I was a child was to be a, a primary school teacher. And I I did my degree in um, education in English literature and that was what I was going to do. I did a lot of practice in schools and I look back at that and think as a highly sensitive person, I think I would really struggle to be around that many people all day holding space, particularly being a parent too, going back and, and, and being a parent without having what I have now, which is what I'm able to do is very much manage my day, manage my week. I'm in control of what I do when I do it. So I think that's a very long way of me saying that I am a highly sensitive person, but I guess I've learned to manage that. Is that something which, which you, you find in yourself as well? Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's sort of in similar ways and in some ways, but I was, you know, 32. I mean, I'm 50 now, but when I, you know, at the first 32 years of my life, I had no idea about the trait, but I just felt completely different you know, I just felt everything so deeply. My feelings would get hurt so easily. I would pick up on everybody's, you know, feelings and emotions and I'd be like a sponge. And so when I hit, I think it was about 20, the age of 23, 24, I ended up with ME as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was trying to be, I guess, superwoman, being all these things to all these people. I was, you know, I had three jobs on the go. I was working full time in the bank at the time. I had a waitressing job. I was also cleaning at the weekends. And I was, you know, I was married with a young child at that at that point. Back in those days, you know, they didn't even recognize what ME was. And mm -hmm. it took a long, long time to diagnose it. And then cut a long story short, I ended up getting a divorce. And then I just started really taking care of myself better. And even though I was a single parent, it got easier in a way mm -hmm. and, um, you know, started to get my health back and then moved away to Devon, uh, went back to college and started my counselling um, training. I was working in a school at the time to get my son settled in a new life and then started working in a prison. You know, so I was still in that sort of superwoman mode because I'd got my energy back to a degree. It was never fully back. And then that whole sort of burnout thing started creeping in again slowly, you know, the energy levels. But at that point, you know, being a single parent, being the one that was financially responsible for everything, you get into that, what I call that survival mode. You know, you have to just keep on going. Yeah. And it was when I was 32 then that I came across this book by Dr. Elaine Aaron. And I just thought, oh, my goodness, this is me. <laughs> you know, this is just me and it was just like a light bulb moment of, uh, you know, I can understand why I'm like this and nobody else around me was like this, you know. And and that just in itself, I think, made my whole system just, you know, just go, oh, you know, because I think you go into that stage of, especially when you're younger, you're, 
you're trying to fit into the world. You're trying to feel like other people. You're trying to be like other people. You're, you know, we're living in a in Western society here. As, and as you say, you know, a lot of the time sensitivity is seen as a weakness or a flaw and it isn't. And I, you know, and I think it's wonderful that you, you've mentioned that, you know, I think if we really understand our trait and we manage our trait effectively, which is what I had to learn to do then from the age of 32 onwards, once I did that, life can change. You can really thrive rather than survive in this world. You you can recognize it as your, you know, your strength, you know, one of your biggest gifts. I mean, when I was working in the prison, I mean, before all that happened, you know, I, I had these, if I put my hands on people when I was younger, my hands would get really warm, do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And people yeah. would say I'd have these healing abilities and and I had these experiences, um, which when I was younger, you know, I, you know, had an, an angelic experience when at the age of five. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, nobody else in my family had that. So, you know, that was sort of you know, don't speak about this out loud and all of that sort of thing. So all these natural psychic and healing abilities that I had sort of just got really suppressed. And and then when I really recognised about the trait and a lot of highly sensitive people, not all, but a lot of highly sensitive people, you know, they have got natural healing abilities. They are usually really great listeners. They're highly empathic, you know, they're very compassionate, they're kind. And that's why they do tend to end up in all of these sort of what, are, you know, the caring professions, for example. You know, a lot of them also go into, you know, like I did, the social justice side of things where, you know, we want to fight for injustices. You know, we often fight for the underdog or we want to rehabilitate people, you know, and, and help people to change in some ways. You know, it's like bringing a bigger light back into the darkness or bringing you know, if there's anger or aggression, bringing that back to harmony and peace in the world. So you'll find a lot of HSPs in these sort of different roles, um, social work, doctors, nurses, teachers. Like you said, you were trained up as that. You know, I've got a lot of HSP friends and I've got a lot of friends who are teachers. And I think if we look at education, how it used to be um, when you were able to teach, you know, without all the added pressure of what I call it. I mean, teaching is not just a you know, a nine to three, half past three job, you know, people are working all hours into the evenings, you know, there's just no downtime from it. And yeah, I think if, I think if some of these professions, I mean, look at nursing now, you know, there used to be a time where you were able to go and just take a break and go outside half the time before COVID, people were not getting adequate, you know, lunch breaks, you know, they were short staffed all the time. So you get into this pattern and I know I did in the prison service because you know austerity measures were going on for the 10 years that I was there that they were cutting staff you were working longer you were working harder so we've really got to look at for HSPs we've really got to look at what can we do that that self-care those those coping strategies and those self-loving things that we can do in order to take care of ourselves properly so we don't go into this burnout or you know my research I've had a lot of clients over the last 20 years and I would say a very high proportion of them have had either ME chronic fatigue um, fibromyalgia what I call the energy disorders Mm -hmm. yeah you know so um, and a lot of that is linked to I, I believe you know, part of our sense, you know, the part of the sensory processing. And I think if we learn to find ways to 
manage that effectively, hopefully we can um, not go down that route where we end up in burnout. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I resonate with every word you say and there's so much I I want to ask you. And I'm just sort of thinking through what someone listening may be thinking at the moment, which is how do we actually really understand whether we are one of these one in five people, these highly sensitive people? Is that I know you mentioned briefly at the beginning about a few key traits. And I know in your book, I think there's 22, isn't there, sort of key traits that you you talk about. I was wondering if you could take us through some of the sort of main ones to look out for, some of the ones that you would say, well, actually, if you tick these boxes, you're highly likely to be a, a highly sensitive person. You know, the first one that I put in the list was, you know, you've often had comments from those around you that you're too sensitive for your own good, you know, or, or stop being so sensitive, or, you know, you need to toughen up. Those are for me, those classic indicators, you know, mm-hmm. we've talked about the fact that we experience emotions much more strongly and deeply than other people seem to. We've talked about the sensory ones a little bit, but, you know, we're often highly empathic and we pick up on those subtleties. Like I said before, we're often highly conscientious as well. As well and we do take a bit longer to make decisions, really, because we, we tend to weigh up any possible consequences. So that's quite a big one. We tend to, I mean, for me, it happened this week again, you know, we're very much affected by sort of environmental issues and we do Mm -hmm. feel a lot of pain caused by the destruction that we're doing to this planet. So I don't know if you watched um, Sir David Attenborough this week on the planet. No. Um, Oh, gosh, you know. This is the sort of thing when I watch, I'm exactly like you. I mean, I can't watch horror films. I have to massively reduce how much I watch the news. I mean, I only try and check in very briefly once a day on the news just to be checking in what's going on. I'll just literally look at it on my phone, but I have to be so aware of when I do it and the mindset that I'm in. I mean, I can't just sit down and watch the news. I will feel it so deeply (laughs) inside me. And I've always, I've always been like this, you know, and I can't watch any program what I call that's dark so to speak you yeah. know I have to make sure I watch things that are light-hearted so yeah I, I completely completely get that but I'll, I'll let you carry on I'm just um I'm ticking off on the list as you yeah. go through <laughs> um I think especially I think if people didn't have the trait recognized by a caregiver or parent when they were younger you know they can often struggle with self-love and low self-esteem or feelings of not being good enough and uh, you know because hsps are natural givers they can often struggle to implement boundaries as well so they often uh, end up sort of attracting one-sided friendships or they're easily sort of put upon or manipulated that can be quite a big one for people as well you know this the sort of things on the environmental side of things like i said strong smells especially mm. for children um you know things like even just the materials on clothes. You know, I remember my mum saying uh, when I was younger, because I would, you know, not wear a certain cardigan or something because the feel of it, you know, yeah. it would be just, you know, so, you know, I was constantly cold fussy by her. But um, yeah, so sort of those strong smells or, um, you know, the feelings from types of clothes. Um, public speaking is often something that highly sensitive people, if they're more on the introverted side, they don't tend to like doing. Meeting strangers can be, uh, initially can just be a bit over-rousing for the nervous system. Being under pressure or doing too much at once often gets them sort of overstimulated as well. There's certain things, you know, apart from the sort of 
classic sort of psychological or emotional stuff. I think there's also spiritual aspects of the trait. And that's what I found um, in my own research over the last 20 years. So, you know, I find that HSPs are usually, as I said, usually very deeply reflective people. You know, they usually have got some sort of artistic or creative ability about them, or they're just passionate about the arts in general. Mm -hmm. They often have vivid or sort of prophetic dreams and you know, for me, I sometimes, I don't know when I come out of a dream, whether it's actually real life sometimes or yeah. it's not, because it's that powerful, you know. Um, Same. They're, oft yeah, they're <laughs> often drawn to charitable causes or they have mm -hmm. a sort of a humanitarian calling. They have a strong affinity to animals or, you know, nature, crystals, that sort of thing. And they often have sort of a belief in the unseen world or a faith, you know, or, or that they're very spiritual. Um, and a lot of them, like I said, have had some sort of maybe psychic or angelic experience, you know, but they don't often talk about it. Yeah, that's so <laughs> you know, true. For, yeah, for fear of being seen as, you know, woo-woo or cuckoo or, you know, all the other things that people brand them. I think it is changing uh, slowly mm -hmm. thanks to, you know, there's been a real sort of burst on the mind-body-spirit aspect of this. But those for me are some of the you know, the main sort of things. The other one, I guess, is relationship issues. You know, I think a lot of uh, highly sensitive people struggle to find the right relationship or they can have a history of failed relationships, particularly if they're partners uh, or the people they're with, they don't understand their sensitivity. So that can be often a difficult one. And, and the other thing I found, especially when people are younger and they don't know about the traits very well is they often experience what I call going out of the body mm -hmm. we call that in counseling terms sort of disassociation where you know if it's too much they can just basically leave you mm -hmm. know you know or for children they can sort of daydream or or space out as well they tend to do that and again for children you know they're often mislabeled at school for being shy or introverted or daydreamers or quiet do you know what I mean and yeah you know, they're just highly sensitive. And I think we just need to have more awareness about that in the world, we to do. be honest. We yeah. do, definitely. And as I've said to you before, I am um, more 99%, if not 100% sure that definitely my eight-year-old is, is also a highly sensitive person. And it's interesting for me as a parent to manage that, to navigate that, to celebrate that. I think particularly when you're a highly sensitive person yourself, because you see them show some highly sensitive traits and you feel that so deeply um, yes. that you want to help them, but then you have to sort of set your emotion aside to a little bit in order to help and navigate and support them through that. So I'm, I'm really aware of that as a parent. And as you go through, um, all of that tick list. Um, I think bar three, I resonated 100% with every single one of them. And the only ones that I found that maybe I didn't resonate with personally is I've always been fairly good with decision making. So that's always been something that I've been okay with. Um, I've always been very lucky to have a, a husband which understands and supports me. So relationship wise, things have been okay. And I've always been fine with public speaking. However, when you were talking about it, I realised whenever I do public speaking, I get huge bursts of adrenaline and how it can yes. really affect my nervous system. So although I consciously don't fear it, let's say, I actually enjoy it. I am very aware that once I've done that, I really need that downtime and that quiet time yes. just to sort of step away from that. And actually, I probably couldn't do 
big public speaking every single day without a break. You know, I have to sort of retreat away and then move back into it again. So other than that, I really resonated with so much of it. And something which I'm I'm really keen to talk about is the part of it which I really see as a gift, which is the intuitive side. I know that as a, a highly sensitive person, I would definitely class myself as intuitive. You know, I'm definitely aware and in tune with the spiritual realm, with angels, definitely even more so the last probably two or three years. I've I've allowed myself, let's say, to connect to that and really stepped into that authentic part of myself. If you were to give us some advice to a highly sensitive person listening that perhaps is intuitive, can you maybe talk about how you, how we navigate that, how we can see that as a gift and how we can, I guess, celebrate that in a world that maybe on the whole isn't necessarily spiritual? I mean, first of all, for me, you know, you have to understand the trait yourself. Yeah. And once you understand the trait yourself and the gifts of it and about your intuitive abilities, when you embrace that and when you start to learn to trust that in yourself, that's when the difference starts. I mean, I remember when I first worked in the, you know, in the prison service, um, my colleague at the time took me down uh, one of the old wings and didn't tell me where we were going and just walked through and I just couldn't walk through it. I just, I literally took about three steps in and I said, I can't be in here. I'm sorry, I have to to turn around. And I went back and um, he started to laugh because he knew, I mean, you know, I was so lucky really that I worked with somebody who had awareness of, you know, spirituality and he brought acupuncture into the into the prison service. So I was, you know, I think that was very destined. And, and he said to me, what did you pick up? And I said, it's just not a nice energy down here at all. Mm. And he said, this is the old mortuary. Yeah. So I think for HSPs, if you've been told all your life, and I think this is the problem that I had really when I was growing up, if I was picking up on things and I knew that they were true. Do you know what? I could feel yeah. it in every part of my being. And then you get people saying, oh, you know, don't be so stupid or, or don't be so silly or, you know, or just deliberately lying or, you know, you really start to question yourself. Mm. If you learn to really trust your own feelings, I mean, we, we all have them, not just HSPs, you know, we all have that initial gut instinct about things, you know, I think it's within the three sort of first three to five seconds of meeting somebody energetically you can pick up on whether you resonate with this person or don't you know we've all got it but we've just hsps have got it to a bit of a deeper level it doesn't mean we're better than anybody else with having these gifts or abilities we're just different from and so i think if you can learn to embrace it like i said for me instead of me trying to suppress and hide all the things that these gifts and abilities that i had once i'd learned about the trait and started to embrace it and accept myself, I really brought that to the job, you know. So, you know, I was able to be able to speak out and say, you know, I've got a, you know, something's not right in the wing today. I can feel, you know, something's bubbling up and often there would be trouble brewing. Do you know what I mean? So it actually served me really well in the prison service. And, you know, I remember speaking to a police colleague friend at one time and he said to me, you know, we often ask the women um, what they're picking up on feeling because, you know, their intuition tends to be stronger than ours. And But like I said, everybody has that ability. But I think, I think if you can, like I said, really start to trust it more. And, you know, the other thing for me is, you know, when we go into relationships and I've, you know, I've counseled people for, for 20 years and often it's those little warning bells or the little red flags at the beginning of something. And 
And we, we tend to override it. You know, a lot of HSPs, because they're really kind and they're really empathic and they're really compassionate, like I said, can sometimes draw people to them who are maybe the opposite of that. You know, there is a, it's been well documented that sometimes a lot of highly sensitive people can attract sort of what I call narcissistic people because HSPs are really natural givers and they don't know how to receive. Uh, they'll usually, you know, attract the opposite, which is people that are just are takers, for example. Yeah. So, you know, it's just learning to listen and trust your body. That's what I, you know, I do a lot of body awareness with with clients as well. And like I said, you know, if you're with somebody and, and your stomach starts feeling a bit funny or you get a, you know, just this bad, you know, we get a bad feeling, don't ignore it. Do you know what I mean? Just trust it and, you know, just just learn to listen more to yourself rather than other people's opinions all the time, you know, because we are our own, you know, everybody's got this wise part of themselves, you know, this higher self, this soul, whatever you want to call it. And if we can align ourselves more with who we truly are and listen to those, you know, those feelings, because feelings are teachers, you know, our emotions are different. I think I've talked about this a little bit in the book, you know, our emotions are a bit like, you know, the children part of us, they are the expression part and we can be in the moment, but feelings are different. You know, they come from that wiser part of us. You know, if you get a, a feeling about something, a sense of something, you know, you don't know how you know, but you just know and knowing those are feelings and that usually comes from the higher part of ourselves. It does, absolutely. And that is such great advice for everyone, but definitely for highly sensitive people. I think it's very easy as a highly sensitive person to see those traits as a flaw. But if we can really be truly authentic, listen to those feelings, live more inside our body, because I think it's easy as a highly sensitive person to live in our head and live very much as a sort of reflection of the external world. But I think the more we step into the authentic self, the more we say, hell yes, when it's a hell yes. And we say no, when something doesn't feel right, or when there's a little bit of a niggling feeling that we shouldn't do it. But also the more we allow ourselves just to say, okay, it's all right for me to feel certain things. I mean, I would say even a year ago, I felt quite frustrated by the intuition that I had and sometimes a little bit scared by it too. You know, seeing really really sort of simple things, I guess, like, um, you know, numerology, seeing 1111 everywhere or seeing, you know, the white feathers or getting very strong signs from loved ones that have passed away, that type of thing. I guess I almost felt quite frustrated by that. But over the last year, I've really stepped into that and seen that as a gift. And actually, when I see these things to feel a lot of gratitude for that, but then at times when I feel those... I guess feelings of discomfort, like when you described when you went into that place in the, in the prison, I always, an example, and you will probably know exactly where this is because you're from this part of the world, but um, whenever we drive anywhere around Clifton Suspension Bridge in Bristol, I always say to my husband, oh, I really don't want to drive around here. I really feel there's so many unsettled souls in this area. And yeah. whenever, whenever we feel, you know, I get this feeling in my stomach, like, oh my goodness, I can just feel that there's so much happening. And I remember the very first time I actually said that my husband's a, a firefighter and he said oh well it is you know the most common 
place in this area for people to commit suicide. And I never really sort of connected the two. I just always sort of felt that feeling. But I guess the more that I just go, okay, so that's a feeling, I'm aware of it, and just acknowledge it, the more comfortable it feels. So I guess my advice for anyone listening, which completely echoes what you're saying, is is just step into that. Just say, it's okay to feel those things. And it's actually sometimes really wonderful to feel those things as well. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, for me now, I see it as one of my, you know, strengths Mm, you know one of my skills but you know this is hopefully what my next book will be about is really really talking about reclaiming our you know for me sensitivity is part of feminine energy and part of that feminine energy and is that ability to you know that that intuitive part of us you know it's the wise person you know the in the ancient times you know a lot of hsps would have been classed as the you know the shamans and the priestesses and the royal advisors and Mm -hmm. they had a lot of these prominent roles in society where they you know if you had i don't know let's just just say like you know let's talk back ancient egypt you know you'd have the pharaoh but then you would you know you would have the priests and the priestess and or the oracles and then you would consult them you know before they made decisions and and we've stepped away from that, I think, as um, society. It was driven underground. I'm slightly going off key here. This is my passion because I do a lot of past life. I've done a lot of past life work over the last 20 years as well. You know, with this, what I call the feminine or the sacred feminine, that part of us with these gifts and abil- abilities, you know, we were branded as witches or we went from being revered as wise people to being branded as witches by the patriarchal, well, by the patriarchy, basically, this toxic masculinity. And we still see a lot of that in certain countries today. You know, there's still a fear about coming out. And and so I think there's a lot of this past life residue for, for people. I mean, a lot of my clients work in what I would call the corporate or institutional jobs. You know, they are the nurses, they are social workers I've got a, you know I've got a lot of these types of clients and they stay you know they call themselves the undercover sort of witches white yeah. witches of these places yeah. you know and and the, and I'm saying well you know how do you do and they say well I've I do do my work but I have to do it in a undercover way do you know what I mean I have to put it in a way that it doesn't seem too woo woo or out there for where we are but you know there's a lot of them in in these places now you know so yeah, it's my one of my passions is to really get people to embrace the fact that we need to reclaim these gifts and abilities that we have, the you know, the innate wisdom that's not just within us, but within everybody in society. I think if we woke up to the fact that we are more than just human beings, we're spiritual beings having a human experience, you know, and collectively if we came together, we could make enormous changes in the in this world, you know. And I think I think that's one thing that this this pandemic has sort of shown that we've been going down a really awful path for a couple of millennia. You know, we're so focused on materialism and money, corporations, all of those sorts of things. And I think that's all very well. But we've actually seen that the reality is we need nature, you know, and we need food and we need to come together as communities in order to get through certain things and we need this planet to survive and we're using this planet as a commodity and we're taking and taking and taking from her and it's not you know a never-ending pot there's going to have there's going to be a time where 
And we're seeing it, you know, with all the climate change, all the disasters that are happening. And so for me, we need to wake up as a society to what's going on here. And I think that's, for me, one of the roles for HSPs now is to, I think, the time for us to rise. You know, I'm really feeling that that's happening. There's a time for people are now recognising the trait, accepting the trait and wanting to sort of step into the higher purpose here on Earth. If we're talking in spiritual terms, you know, they're being called to say, okay, you're the sensitive ones, you know, you're feeling what's happening, you know, you're aware of the bigger picture here, you know, okay, let's come together, what can we do? And it's not about fighting as in, you know, for me, it's about, we are the beacons, people of compassion and love. And I think that's so desperately needed at the moment. We need to find a different way to coexist here. We do. I completely agree. And I love that thought that it's going to be highly sensitive people that are going to make these changes that are so needed on a on a greater global level, but also on a, a more personal level too. I think that's just a, I think it's a wonderful way just to round up this podcast. And I know that so many people listening, Mel, are going to want to know way more about being a highly sensitive person. So I would love if you could just remind every Body about your book and about where they can connect with you and find out more information about you. Oh, bless you. So, yeah, so my book is called The Handbook for Highly Sensitive People. And the tagline of the cross is saying, How to Transform Feeling Overwhelmed and Frazzled to Empowered and Fulfilled. So, that's available now, you know, on all the, the major websites, you know, the classics like Amazon and Goodreads and Barnes and Noble, etc. So that's the book. My website is www.melcollins.co.uk. My Twitter account is at melcollins444, Instagram at melcollins444. And I'm on Facebook at melcollins.co.uk. Wonderful. Mel, thank you so much. I really appreciate how much information you've given us and how you really have done your mission, which so beautifully is said at the at the end of your book, which is to raise awareness of the trait as a gift, not a flaw. So lots and lots of gratitude to you, Mel. Thanks so much. Oh, bless you. And can I just say, Danielle, which I think is really important, you know, each of us have got our, you know, whatever we're here to do in some ways. And the work that you're doing as well, you know, is really helping fellow HSPs, you know, the, the face yoga and everything else, the work that you're doing. So we're all doing something in our own right. And even if just for other HSPs that might be sitting there saying, well, you know, I'm not doing great work, so I'm not doing that. You are. And I think on a spiritual level, this is what I keep saying to everybody. It's not what we're actually doing as a job or career. Your real mission here is to embrace who you truly are is to be the light you know once you accept your trace you become more of a channel to hold the light in this world and then you can just be a beacon for other people so I think it's just important to mention that because I think there's so much going on at the moment and I think a lot of HSPs are feeling completely overwhelmed with the COVID situation and a lot of people have retreated I mean I know we're in lockdown but really retreated back from work or they're finding they're not able to do certain things of their work or they're really re-evaluating things at the moment so just be gentle with yourself at this time be more self-compassionate and just really embrace understand the trait learn how to manage it more effectively for yourself and then you can just be this beacon of light you don't have to go and change and fix everybody else just 
look after yourselves. It's really important at this time. I think that is the most amazing, amazing advice. Thank you so much, Mel. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.